listening to the Ed Reach Network. Okay, I think I think I'm going live now, Jerry. <laughs> I love it. Okay, here we go. We've never done this before. No. And my screen share off. Are you yeah, kidding? Yeah, we can see you, buddy. Oh goodness, I can't see me. Okay, here we go. Welcome to our world, John. Uh, Ed Gamer, episode one thirty-six, Minecraft with John Kyleman of the Chicago Tribune. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, May tenth, twenty fourteen. Ed Gamer is part of the EdReach Network, EdReach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. <laughs> he does have an inner geek. Good. Okay. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. And I'm John. I'm John Kyleman, and I'm a reporter with the Chicago Tribune. My name is Jerry James. I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth-grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And we have a caveat already, don't we, Jerry? What do we I'm have? The, I, I'm the one that's I, – I have the broadcast, running the broadcast, which yeah. is, you know, yeah. Yeah. We'll put a little asterisk next to it. Hey, yeah. did you move the couch? What's no, I didn't. the couch up there? Hey, oh, i got to angle that a little differently. Are those some games? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> All right. Okay. I am glad I'm wearing pants, though. That's always good. That's always good. So I don't know if you can... I'm kind of let down you are wearing pants. (laughs) That would have been... You're not not using this technology to its fullest. No, no. So that's small world and civilization. Dixit? No, that that is actually a name of a game, John, if you're not... Like, what is he saying? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's French, isn't it, Jerry? Uh, has to be. Okay, so just on that caveat, uh, yeah, I have the controls, which we know is kind of scary. And but today we have a special guest, John Kyleman, and uh, we're definitely going to get into his article, which has gotten—I would say—it's gotten pretty good, uh, uh, pretty good coverage. Would you say, John? Uh, yeah, it's gotten pretty good. Um, I've discovered writing a few stories about gaming that. Uh, those things really take off in comparison to a lot of other subjects that we write about. Yeah, and uh, what I was impressed about, because I think I have a copy of it over there, Someone, one of my friends that gets the Tribune, even in southern Illinois, uh, you know, brought it in for me, and uh, it, the Blackhawks, when they, you know, uh, finally won that first series, they're on the front page, and then the bottom right is the Minecraft article, and I thought that was a positive article about education on the front page of the Tribune, that's awesome. Yeah, every, every now and then we'll uh, we'll have some positive news on there. We don't, yeah. we don't like to make a habit of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they had the uh, the story about our reading scores or that 12th grade test that was just, just came <laughs> yeah. out. See, see, those will go above the fold. Mine go below the oh, fold. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, so we will get to that article and what John has learned about Minecraft. Uh, and uh, but we ha- definitely have some news to share. Jerry, Jer- Jerry, do you want me to start with mine, or do you want to? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay, you, you got to prep yours. 
Yeah, which okay. basically means I got to figure out what mine is. Okay, so um, you know, looking at my schedule uh, for the rest of the school year, which is is it's dwindling down very quickly, Jerry. I know it's scary. Uh, but we have two counts where I go to school because there's the uh, the count that goes to the end of the year to the end of finals, and then there's the senior count, which really, honestly, I think has been over since probably you know mid March. But um, they're, your your they're, graduation plus how many days? Yeah, yeah, they're out a week early. You know, prom is hit and senior ditch day, and we, we're we're deep into AP testing, and you know the the brains have checked out. They're they're just gone. So yeah, I yeah. but I'm excited for them. It's a it's a it's an amazing time for a lot of those kids. So yeah, young adults, I should say. They're not kids. Yeah, I have kids. <laughs> I teach the kids. Um, so, you know, the only news that, I mean, that, uh, well, a couple things. I've been working with Historia, which is from Eline Media, and we've uh, had we've had them on a couple times, I think, Jerry. Yep. And they have started their beta, and I've installed the software. I've yet to run through the actual uh, one of the scenarios, uh, but it's that's been it's been good so far. Program's running out, you know, smoothly, and I think uh, the kids are excited about that. So you know, we have we have that going. Hopefully next week, you know, I can give we can give some information about that. But I have my last game club of the year, which is on, on Saturday the 17th. So a week from today, uh, we have our family tabletop game day, and so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we'll because last year we had between 30 and 35 students and parents, which was pretty good. I'd like to get a little bit more. I'd like to get up to at least 50, but, you know, I would say that my game club is probably the largest and, and most attended club in the school. Wow. Uh, and as you well know, I could probably have it every week, <laughs> even every other day, and I'd still get tons of kids coming in. And it, yeah, it still wouldn't be enough either. No. And so, John, just so, you know, my game club, it, we have digital games. We have kids that bring in, uh, like, a Nintendo DS. They'll have their student laptops. We're playing Minecraft. Uh, we have some board games. I have a wonderful parent that brings in board games. Uh, he actually got us a, uh, a, a grant through State Farm because State Farm's headquarters here in Bloomington Normal. And uh, we actually, I got to figure out, we have a list of games that we want to buy. So we got to figure out uh, what we're going to do with that. But we have some board games, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. And we do about an hour, uh, it's about an hour and a half, at least an hour and a half every other week. Uh, but this last one is a big one because we're going to open up to the cafeteria on a Saturday. We're going from 9 to 2, so we can play some, you know, bigger games that take a little bit longer to play. And uh, one of them... Snacks? What's that? Snacks? No, we, you know, last year I had to sign up for Avani's. Uh, so, you know, for, for lunch... Is that, a, is that a Southern Illinois thing? You know Avani's, Jerry. Uh, I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't... I guess you didn't... Oh, I thought you said somebody that went to school down here. Yeah, I do. I actually know what you're talking about. Okay, okay. John, Avani's is... I don't kind know of, what you're talking about. Well, I was Illinois, trying to let you fill in, John, you know. Yeah. So, Illinois State University is, you know, in normal, and um, one of the places that a lot of kids go is Avani's. It's just a cheap... It's cheap Italian food. And you can get it. It's right across the street from the campus. So it's you know we last year we ordered Avani's, free press for them, and um, and with this year I'm like no people can go and get stuff and bring it back and we'll be okay. It's just it takes it was too much of a hassle. I just want to play games. 
<laughs> That's all I want to do. I get that game behind me, Civilization, which is supposed to be like a five-hour game. So do the five kids actually want to play the board games and not the video games? Uh, I'd say I have about 25% that play the board games, and I have about 75% playing digital games. But I, throughout the year, I've had students I, I encourage. Uh, I might have forced a few where, you know, to come over and play a board game. And uh, it, it, just, it takes a certain type of kid, but most of them, when they do play, they do enjoy it. Yeah, I think you'd probably be shocked, John. I, I run a, a, a game club as well that meets every week and uh, has about 40 to 50 kids. Uh, it's also combined with an anime club, so there are kids watching anime in the background and then uh, playing playing board games. And um, the best game clubs that we've had, you know, I think there's this underlying notion that or, or assumption that kids are really obsessed with the, the digital technologies and, you know, they and they kind of get involved and then suck out from the from the outside world but um, the kids loved the board games that we brought in I mean there were uh, there were more board games being played than than digital games as well it's a it's still a great you know community tool for kids to get along and kids to enjoy the company of of each other so we had we had some classic board game you know meetings and a, a lot of popularity in those. So do kids still play um, Dungeons and Dragons, or is that slipped off into the ether? It's coming back. Is that right? It, yeah. It's coming back, and it's because parents our age <laughs> played it, you know, way back when, when we were kids. Uh, so I've had more and more parents ask about, you know, are you trying to do Dungeons and Dragons? One of the things, though, is that um, which some there's a larger Pathfinder group, which is kind of a it's very similar. Uh, to Dungeon Dragons, but I, I think some people find it just smoother and just kind of easier to... It's like Apple Android, you know, just kind of one of those things that some people think that one's easier than the other, and uh, there's a large group of, the, of Pathfinder groups around this area, and I'm trying to get... Because you need you definitely need a Dungeon Master that is experienced, because the first time a kid plays, you want to make sure that you have somebody that knows the rules, but can actually flow through a story well and not discourage kids from uh, a game like this. So I'm trying to get that on the Saturday. Um, but if you think about all the skills that are involved in Dungeons and Dragons, you know, storytelling, outside the box thinking, you have math. I mean, it's there's so much that is there that we'd like our students, you know, to have. And I, I think that's, I think it can be a definite positive. Yeah, well, a lot of this, so much of this this subculture exists, but people, since it's not very abrasive and in your face and it doesn't go out of its way to announce itself, um, a lot of people don't know that it exists. You know, it exists in, in the back rooms of game shops. They, they still have days where, you know, they invite people in to, to come and play. They have large tournaments on, on weekends, and unless you frequent those shops and that, that culture, you know, it, it usually gets kind of hidden away, but... Um, I think games, especially board games, are a lot like, you know, artwork in, in the idea that there's novelty to when it's passed. You know, it, whenever it gets a little bit deeper into the history of it and backs away from the popularity, it tends to rise again. Like Magic the Gathering is, is really right. big again right now. Um, my kids play it weekly, which, you know, I as soon as I saw the cards come out, I was like, wow, I can't believe they even still make these, but they sure do. Yeah. What about pods? Are they still around? 
What's that? Pogs. Pogs. Yeah, I remember those. The little the little discs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, pogs. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to remember pogs. What are pogs? I haven't pogs. seen any of those in a while. The slammers and stuff. Yeah. Well, those are great. <laughs> so it's you know there's a lot of there's a lot out there and I think the pot you know Jerry and I have been to Gen Con. Have you ever? Do you know about Gen Con? John? Uh, is that is that um, the gaming fantasy convention they have up in Rosemont? Uh, well, no, this is actually in, in Indianapolis. Okay. And it's uh, last year they had for four days they had what 150,000 yeah uh, people uh, that went through and was about 30 or 35,000 unique uh, you know unique visitors or so, you know something crazy. Um, it's you know, it's pretty amazing how they um, how they do that. My math didn't come up there very well, but it was like 50, <laughs> I don't know, whatever it was. There was a lot of people that showed up uh, in the four days, and it's it covers all of downtown Indy, and that's been growing. And, I'm, you know, the times that I've been, I'm seeing more and more kids that have been going to this. Um, and so my daughter, uh, you know, board games like, um, you know, Ticket to Ride, uh, and you know, there's there's other games that are out there that are very oh, Settlers of Catan that's been growing with some of the students too. So it's uh, it's out there, and it's I think it's it's fun and something you don't need to have a computer. You don't need to plug it in. You plop it down. You have to learn the rules and you collaborate with each other or you're against each other. It's fun. It's a good time. So. There's that. So I have that on uh, next Saturday, week from Saturday. Um, I think that's a, it for me, Jerry, but I think you have a couple things. Um, yeah, I did some exciting stuff. Went down to Springfield, the state's capital, which was my first trip down there in in lot of traffic. Um, it's interesting. Got to see a little bit about how you know some things work. We went as advocates for art education, so it was a long day, long day in the in the state's capital, but um, but it was fun. Uh, the biggest news is we started our video game unit for uh, my digital arts class. So we are students are right now developing terrain and <clears throat> battle maps. They're they're making an actual level of a video game in. Um, Unity, a program that is really a professional grade program. So the kids are excited. The stuff that they get to put out um, is very, very professional looking, um, which keeps them really motivated to to um, to use it. So it's very cool. It's really very, very exciting time in the class. And the kids are having a blast with it. Oh yeah, yeah, they love it. They absolutely love it. It's it just amazes them to see what they can create because it's it's such a it's it's a good program and it involves a lot of coding and, and a lot of things like that. But with some simple tweaks, a lot of that can be learned very quickly. Um, so that's what they're that's what they're doing now. And uh, it's I mean, there's really nothing more exciting from a, a video game design concept than putting together a you know, a small area of land or, or a world, and then being able to drop yourself into it and run around in it. You know, it's, it's really, it's a weird concept, and kids absolutely love it. You know, this thing that they've created, they now get to explore, um, and then they get to put tasks in there for, um, 
for the the players that play their games. So the good news is they've got about another week or two left on them, and then uh, we're going to put them up on a, a website so that others can go explore. So I would be happy to share with EdGamer the results of of our project, and you know maybe we can even run through a couple on the air. Um, that would be great. Into them. yeah, so we can do a, do a little screen share action. So. That'd be great. Hey, uh, so. Uh, next time you're down in Springfield, you need to let me know so I can tell you where to go to eat. Uh, we unfortunately all our me meals were catered in, so we didn't have much time. Yeah. Okay. But it's good food. I had a great salad. Okay. <laughs> great salad. Isn't that the place where they they have like uh, hamburgers where they put all the fries on top of the burger? That's a horseshoe. Okay. Right. Oh, yum. That's yeah. That there's. <laughs> I'm not gonna go into the history. Yeah, that's that's a that's a Springfield uh, a dish. So there's a couple places in town that say they were the first ones to do it, but it's all about the cheese sauce. The cheese, the cheese sauce? sauce. So you have a piece of bread, a piece of bread, a hamburger, and fries on top of that, and then you put pour the cheese sauce on top of that. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. I, I had it. It, oh, it's so healthy. You can fill your arteries clogged. <laughs> yeah, but it's so good. It's so good. Uh, it's uh, it's a low-fat cheese. No, I don't know. I doubt it. Um, so, Jerry, the one thing that I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm creating, uh, because I'm finishing up with the Middle Ages right now uh, for the end, my last unit in social studies, and I'm creating a board game and getting assistance from my, my students in creating it. It's not as much as what you're doing where the students, it's full creation. Uh, I have a general idea what I want for the game, and I'm actually going to put it on the smart board uh, and have the board game up on the screen itself. So I, I've been creating that and, and getting, a, like I said, getting information from the students about the Middle Ages uh, concerning resources and which, uh, which kingdoms, nations were the strongest, and and where to have them start, and, and yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. But as the king, because you know we're doing a simulation, of course, I'm King Gilbert, and uh, uh, you know I can adjust the game as we go along. But I, the kids are excited about it, and it's it's going to be interesting. I'll be able to share that out too. So was there anything else you had? You just you came down to Spring Patch and yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I got a, a few more things tucked away for a rainy day, but okay. let's, let's get to let's uh, get to John because the poor John you know, here yeah. is like bored out of his but mind. Enough, enough about you. Let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's well, talk about you, me. Yeah. So we we didn't want you to be bored. You know, do your you know, talk about your article and then be bored for the rest of the show, and you're like, oh, when is this going to end? So you know, we we buffer it and then. So uh, I'd say about if, if it is oh, it, a, a slightly more exciting, Zach somehow when he set up this. This wonderful event, which he doesn't usually do, I no. usually do. So the production is usually much slicker. But uh, Zach you. somehow made this an 18 over, 18 plus event. So <laughs> it could look really risky. Down in the corner it says 18 plus. Oh, this hangout is only open talking. to people 18 and over. So, so we can cuss all we want. John, you can take that back to work You know, on Monday. Like, what would you do this weekend? Well, I was in an adults-only Google hangout. I got googlyed. Wow, <laughs> I I I uh, Jerry. Okay, I'm sure. I hope I can change that when we. I I have okay. no idea. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, Thanks, Jerry. You did that, buddy. Thanks, Jerry. So, John, it was about uh, was it about a month or two ago? Maybe closer to two months ago. You contacted me, and I guess what tell about which because it you just don't 
start something on one day and decide, hey, I'm going to do this article. It's it's a it's a longer process than that. So, give us the process of what you were trying to do and, and accomplish with the story on Minecraft. Sure. So, uh, I think it was last year. My son, who is in elementary school, had a school assignment to create a labyrinth uh, as part of a mythology unit, and his instructions were to do it any way he wanted. He could do it um, through a 3D, you know, he could build it out of you know cardboard or whatever. He could, you know, write a, a story about it, but he chose to do it uh, in Minecraft. And I kind of helped out a little bit on my, uh, I was able to figure out how to turn off the rain in Minecraft. So I was pretty <laughs> pleased with myself about that. Um, but it was an assignment that, that uh, you know, for once in his life, he really, you know, displayed some perfectionism where, uh, you know, he just wasn't happy until he got it exactly the way he wanted it and that it's not his normal uh, attitude on homework assignments. So, um, anyway, he did that and sort of uh, did a, sort of, you know, sort of recorded video of him going through it and narrating what all was there. And it really struck me as being a great experience for him. And so I sort of tucked away the idea of writing about this someday and finally got some time and thought I would check it out. And, and when I did and started doing some preliminary research, it was obvious that, you know, a lot of teachers were already using this particular mm -hmm. game in their classrooms and it, you know, became evident very quickly that you could do almost anything you can imagine uh, with this game in terms of its educational applications, you know, from illustrating, you know, the workings of a cell to, you know, recreating historical events or, you know, buildings that actually existed or that didn't exist. And so I just sort of uh, stumbled onto um, onto your podcast and and, and uh, saw your um, interview with uh, the researcher out at Temple University who had actually taken a look at this. And one thing led to another, and a couple weeks later, there was my article. Yeah, I'm just impressed our podcast came up. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, it's good. I can't remember the search term, but it uh, it it. Um, you know, it was the search term horrible podcast, <laughs> horrible gaming podcast, <laughs> the top horrible gaming podcast. Yeah. Most horriblest. Yeah. It's so. probably something like, you know, education, Minecraft Illinois, or something <laughs> like cool. that. And That's fantastic. That's kind of exciting for us that they, that they yeah. how it came up. So what was, what was cool was the fact that in the article, is that, you know, I'm going through it, I'm like, okay, and just to let you know, there, the article is on this uh, News Newsella or News ELA site, and I have a uh, intervention teacher in my school that, uh, you know, this News ELA can, uh, as you mentioned before we did the, you know, prep the show, uh, can lower or raise the lexile of a article, uh, you know, from, you know, from anywhere, but she's been using it with some of her students to kind of help them read and she tries to find articles that are interesting for students and of course they get to you know the part where it says Zach Gilbert is a sixth grade teacher in Normal Illinois and uh, the students she wish she had a video camera uh, and recorded when the kids read that because the kids in the building know me and they're like 
well, is that Mr. Gilbert? And so the, the reaction of it, and they thought, uh, you know, first of all, that their a cool teacher in the building was in a news article. No, they, they really, uh -huh. the, the cool part was that, you know, there was an article in a major newspaper uh, about Minecraft and something that a lot of kids play. So um, that was that was exciting and uh, got a lot of kids excited uh, that they were able to see this. You know, online, but so I'm going through this. You know, Zach, of course, does she have a program that could possibly raise the intelligence of our podcast? <laughs> does it work Maybe like that? Can work it's out not going to go lower. So yeah, so we need a, a IEP, uh, <laughs> an education, an, an education oh. plan for us, Jerry. I think we've already got one. I have one, one for, for me. My, yeah, my teachers and on my team. You know, yeah. So. Uh, so I'm going through this. Of course, you got you know the developers of Minecraft and and you know some of the stuff that we talked about. And then of course you talked to Joel Levin, who you know is Minecraft EDU, oh, Minecraft yeah. leader, who's a good friend of the show. Uh, what what is that called, Jerry? <sighs> friend of Ed Gamer. Oh. Yeah. You can't okay. call him John, you have to side with me on this one. We can't <laughs> call friends of Ed Gamer foes. They're no longer friends if they're foes. Such it's, a terrible idea. Yeah, I, I like that. It's an interesting parable. <laughs> That's so, the story of Zach's life. Yeah, I love the the Quest Academy, and uh, I love yeah. See, the uh, I can't remember who the teacher was, but they uh, I guess they're teaching the Hobbit. You know, and they were using uh, Tolkien, uh, Minecraft, to reinforce some of the ideas of, of Tolkien's world. And well, that was actually, I mean, that was that was really elaborate. I mean, that the Tolkien was just sort of a, a jumping-off point because they, I mean, the assignment wasn't really to recreate what they read in the book. It was to use the idea of dragons and to create an entire Ooh. world uh, in which Ooh. a dragon might live. And each and each kid did their own, and you know that brought in all sorts of other. You know lessons about you know habitats and you know you need this you need that what's the dragon gonna eat you know what's the landscape all this stuff and I mean they've been doing it for months that was that was really impressive and they just sort of folded folded that in with um, some of their other subjects and the kids when I went out there to to check it out they had, they sort of had it um, they went to the computer lab to do this and they just about broke the door down to get in there. <laughs> they were so excited to to go to work. And uh, how often do you see that in a school? Probably, probably not too often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that just gives you an idea. I mean, Quest Academy, and this, this gets to one of the issues in, in the story. I mean, it's, it's a private school, um, you know, pretty high tuition, obviously very intelligent kids, and it works great there. Now, the question... Uh, I think that has yet to be answered, at least uh, you know, in what I w was able to see. And this is kind of what the researcher in Philadelphia—I'm sorry, yeah—in in Philadelphia was looking at—is when you take that tool, the tool of Minecraft, and put it into a school where the resources aren't really there, and where the you know the kids have more academic difficulties, and there's pressure on on the test score front, how's it going to work there? Mm. And what she found was that uh, in certain ways, Minecraft works very well anywhere you put it. It helps kids think in sort of abstract ways and develop, you know, some sophisticated math skills in terms of estimation and proportion and things like that. 
What it doesn't seem to do very well, uh, at least in, in her experiment, and maybe uh, maybe more research is needed on this, what it doesn't seem to do is to do more of, I mean, to, to help more of the arithmetic skills um, that one would see on your average standardized test, which is very important in a school like that. And that's, and that's changing because uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I can talk about it, but, you know, we are testing, we're doing uh, PARC. We're testing out, you know, the new PARC test mm. and P-A-R-C-C, and that's supposed to go along with Common Core. And uh, this, it's beyond bubbles. So it's, the way it's set up is different than, than a typical, here's a question, complete the answer, you know, figure it out, and then, you know, pick A, B, C, or D. There's a lot more, there's steps, more steps involved. Uh, there's more uh, of doing and applying than just, you know, calculating. So, you know, maybe that will benefit, maybe that will benefit something like Minecraft than, uh, than what it would if it, of in the past because of the typical standardized test. Now, you'd, I know you'd get math teachers out there that use Minecraft. I know when I had students build, uh, I, I didn't use it as much this year because the laptops we had couldn't run it, but last year I had kids, kids build all the time, and one of them was a pyramid, and she was like, I wonder how big this is. And she made 100 by 100 blocks, you know, square, you know, around and made a pyramid out of that. And so, I don't know, let's go talk to the math teacher and figure out, you know, how would we calculate this? So, something she built led her to the next step of wanting to figure out what is this like and being able to compare it to something else. So, math can be in there. It just takes a lot of time and effort and lesson planning for the teacher. It's not something that's built in and is a microwave version of, you know, I, I click on a button here and I'm going to learn all this. There's a lot more to it than just, you know. We, I have two thoughts on this issue, and I think one is something that Zach and I have echoed for a long time, and, and that's a, games will always be a tool, mm -hmm. one tool out of many that you need in a classroom, and, and they'll never be, you know, a lot of people ask us for, the, like, that one game that's going to make their kids smarter, you know, that's never going to happen, it, it's, it, it's not, you know, you're not, it's kind of like the, the term waiting for Superman, you know, you, you're not going to find this one thing that, um, that dramatically improves test scores in all areas and is good for kids at all times because that, that you know nothing in education works like that. If it if it did, we'd be doing it, and it doesn't. <laughs> um, or at least you'd hope we'd be doing it. Sometimes we're we're terrible about implementing the own research we do in our field. But um, the other thing is, you know, I think a lot of educators would agree that it doesn't relate closely to the test scores. You know, I think it's interesting how you did this study in. In, or, or how, how the researcher did the study in the lower income levels as well. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of times, yeah, the issue is not the kids or the kids' understanding. It's, it's all the surrounding elements. And uh, I think a lot of teachers would tell you that the problem is not with, with the program and what it doesn't teach. It, it's with the test and what, you know, what, what the yeah. test is asking. We, we yeah. just did a giant piece on depth of knowledge which is like the new common core thing and, and it gives you four levels and you know level number one is simple repetition you know rote memorization repetition of facts and and it goes all the way up to level four which is like producing and creating on a long-term basis which is what something like Minecraft is and when we got to the end of the day you know I said we were talking about uh, 
bubble tests and, and how you can, you know, ask these questions and how could you ask level three questions on a standardized test? And the person presenting said, well, a standardized test will never go beyond depth of knowledge one, the most common level. So we're using an assessment in schools. The most important assessments in our schools um, are, are the most the most basic assessments because they're so widely used. So well, I, I think that that speaks to you know an issue that I'm sure you all are encountering in terms of incorporating games into the classroom, which is um, you know how do you demonstrate that this is working in a way that aligns with the goals of the of the you know the school bureaucracy, and I think that. Um, that has yet to be done on a, on a large scale and you know so a place like Quest Academy which doesn't have to answer to uh, you know ISBE or, or anyone else in terms of um, its assessments you know they're free to experiment and do what they like and, and the results as far as I could see were, were there but, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, and and I think it's funny that, again, uh, education is terrible at looking at at the the actual research we do and implementing it because it I I come from in the visual arts I have much more reign much more freedom to put those things in my curriculum because I'm not held to a testing standard I I can't believe that somebody like Zach or um, other educators risk putting these things in the classroom. You know, and risk their own their own time that they're that, that's needed to prepare for these tests. And I, I think that it's um, I think it's too bad. You know, I, I even think of like what what was the company? Was it Google that had or or one of the big tech companies where it was like every Friday they allowed um, Google for yeah for half a day Friday you could experiment on anything. You were you were not held to any you know work standard. It was like you could collaborate with others and you could just try new projects. And so many great ideas they found came out of that experimentation. You know, and maybe the answer is not even forcing something into the curriculum of all teachers. Maybe it's just giving teachers the time to experiment with new ideas, new programs, new curriculum in the classroom. You know, again, it's something we just kind of go, oh, we don't have time for that. Yeah. That's, the big, yeah. that's the biggest thing we need is the time to plan. Go ahead, John. I was just going to say, I mean, out here uh, in the Chicago area, I mean, you have every type of school you can imagine. I mean, you have schools in CPS where, I mean, Chicago, that where their, their number one goal is to make sure that students, you know, get to and from school, you know, alive. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, that's a great wealthy, point. Very wealthy suburbs where that's just not an issue at all. And it's more like, you know, we're trying to get our kids into the Ivy League. And, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is I think that something like uh, Minecraft or, or other video games, um, you know, where the biggest impact could be perhaps is at these schools that are struggling to stay open, first of all, in the city of Chicago and attract kids there and um, really grab them and, and get them excited about education. And yet that's probably the least likely place where you'd see these innovations being done, um, you know, as opposed to uh, a wealthier school district that, you know, where test scores really 
I mean, nobody cares because they're already as high as they're going to get. So, um, yeah, that's a great it, point. That's that's a whole <laughs> we've it, we've discussed it. I don't know. It, it's the the test. You know, you can go higher than level one, Jerry. What you were saying before about having a, a standardized test, I guess, a multiple choice test, because you, you can come up with ways to uh, have them work out a problem you know, multi-step problem and figure that out, but it's not, it's not easy. And that's the problem is that, especially coming from the education world and being in the business world just for a little bit, uh, they wanted to, they wanted that accountability. They wanted numbers to show that, you know, if you're teaching this, you need to make sure that they've grown this amount. And the problem is that humans, human beings were the most difficult to assess. We're more complex than a standardized test. There's more that's going on. I've been giving this map test through NWEA, and I don't know if you know about that test, John. That's one that's been... I'm not sure I do. Yeah, that's one that's being debated. Uh, I think Seattle, that's the test that they were trying to get, get rid of the teachers union, and the teachers were walking out because of this test. But it's, it's, it's a test where I see some accurate scores based upon what I have seen throughout the year, and I see some that are way off. I, I had kids that rushed through it because they didn't really care about it. There was no accountability for it, and I was like, "Take," I had them redo it again. Take your time, you know, go through this, and their scores jumped jumped astronomically. So, how many of those scores are out there that are part of this standardized test that are going to the numbers where they're not accurate? So I know my students better than anybody because I have the best computer right here, which is my brain. I can see what my kids know, and nobody knows them better than I do, uh, at least this year. And uh, but how can but the accountability part of that, explaining that to a you know, 99% of the parents trust me when it comes to I know what their students able to do and not do, uh, but trying to show that to the state or administrators. Uh, you know, that are higher above than my principal, that's the difficult part, and, and you can't calculate that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, uh, I think, you know, as far as games in the classroom go, I mean, that, that, that part is obviously tough because, I mean, my son plays video games all the time until I chase him off of the uh, computer or the, the iPad, and, and I can see him learning things from, some of that that you know that surprises me. Like one of his main games right now is uh, FIFA, the soccer game, mm -hmm. and he's learning geography like crazy. Yes. I yes. Mean, uh, Languages. Yeah, I mean he knows where Brazil is. He knows what language they speak yep. there. You know, he knows a little bit of the history. He knows, uh, you know, the, who their rivals are. He knows you know, half the countries in South America now because he's trying to put all these players on his uh, on his team. And, I mean, without that game, would he know any of that stuff? No. Now, as a teacher, I could say, okay, if I, if I had a class that was learning about South America, world cultures, or something like that, you know, he's playing that game. I could, I could ask him, research some of these players and what they had to go through in their lives to get where they're at. You know, because a lot of them didn't grow up in wealthy families. You know, there's some that had to go through the struggles, the political struggles, and the financial and economic and social struggles within their own country, and they could learn a ton just by following back some of those 
some of those players. Uh, you know, if you have a kid that plays Civilization, I've because I've used that in the past. Uh, I will tell you that a kid that plays the game Civilization will understand more about world cultures and history better than a kid that doesn't. And John, that's a, a lot of what we address on this show is the ability to use games that were created for entertainment yeah. to learn from them, as opposed to you know you see a lot of like we like to pick on Math Blaster a lot because it's just like one of the oldest and most common what we call edutainment games. You know, two plus two is on the bottom of the screen and you shoot the four. You know, it's right. like and kids don't buy into that, you know, but they invest and they buy into games that are made for their entertainment and they do take things from those games. So it's great. Did you learn any, was there anything that really surprised you when you created the article? Anything that was, you know, new or, or different for you? Um, I can't recall any big um, surprises. I guess the one thing I was surprised about was that it was more widespread than I had assumed hmm. in terms yeah. of, of how it's being used. Um, but I do think it's, uh, I do think it's being used I think it could be used a lot more than it is. Mm -hmm. um, however, that brings me to one little point I thought I would address, and that's what I see as a potential uh, danger of investing too much time in uh, in video games. I think we're far away from, from that point right now. But I think in, in education and certainly in, in business, my wife works in the business world and, and sees this where you know, it, it's getting to the point in some quarters where everything's expected to be entertaining. If it's not entertaining, you know, the, the brain just can't bring itself to to process. Uh, you know, meetings are supposed to be entertaining. PowerPoints are supposed to be, you know, short and entertaining. You know, and sometimes things just aren't that entertaining and you got to do them anyway. And... Um, as I, I said, wish they'd I think, make paying my taxes entertaining. <laughs> but it's, you know, doing something like reading a, uh, a novel that's a thousand pages or, you know, a, a work of history that um, is really important for you to learn something, but it's just not, I mean, it's written in a language that's a little hard to, to get through. And I, I think developing that kind of, you know, stick to uh, is important. And um, there's a, a a potential problem, I would say, in you know, in, in educational methods that are so that are very entertaining, you know, where it's just not work is not really required because it's so fun to do. Like I said, I think we are a long way off from that being, uh, you know, a, a hazard, but something uh, that probably is, is worth keeping an eye on. Well, and I've mentioned this before, and Jerry knows that, you know, the perfect classroom of the future is holodecks. <laughs> so Star Trek holodecks. So, you know, you, being able to go somewhere and do something, um, yeah, in a world like that, I mean, that's... I think that's a, a, I think that's our goal. We're going to build one, right, Jerry? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, we're going we're to get on that. About 75% of the way done. Yeah. You, I do it in my part, spare time. Right, part of it's in your garage, part of it's in mine. We just need to put it together. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen well, the show uh, Silicon Valley on I, HBO? 
Yeah, I haven't yet, but I want to. Yes, explain. There's a there's a malfunctioning holodeck on uh, <laughs> that show. Great, great. Hopefully it doesn't vaporize anybody. Okay, well, uh, anything else, John, you want to share? I think that's it. Okay, I, I appreciate your time and coming on. Thank you for the article. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll share it out more and more. And uh, Jerry? No, just a huge thank you to shining some light on, like I said, a, a subculture that at times can can you know hide in the hide in the shadows. So thanks for uh, thanks for your work. Yep. Thanks for thank having you. me on. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow us. Oh, before I say anything else, Jerry. Yeah. Eight thirty Monday night. Okay. Lucy and Vitell. Uh oh. Game desk. The Madman. Madman, no, he's he's awesome. Uh, he, uh, mad scientist. That's that's kind of there weird. you go. He wants he will build a holodeck. Yeah, <laughs> he's already he's already been trying. Uh, and uh, the CEO of Game Desk will be on Ed Gamer on a, a Monday night little special. He's going to talk about uh, some of his work with Marvel. Mm, very hey, cool. I like that. Okay, so thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow us on EdReach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach network. Blog. Have a Block. Have a great week. Do I just hit the stop button, Jerry? Yes, just hit the stop <laughs> button. <Zach. laughs>